Carl Ellison. I'm the president and CEO of the Indiana Minority Health Coalition, IMUC for short. We're a statewide organization that exists to eliminate health disparities. We were formed by local citizen-based organizations, CBOs, that decided to do something about minority health. And so in the mid-1980s, I got involved in South Bend, where I'm from, uh, as part of the St. Joe County Minority Health Coalition. At the same time period, similar uh, grassroots-based organizations were formed in, in the other major populated cities of our state with minority populations, specifically Gary, Fort Wayne, Indianapolis, Evansville, Richmond, and, and, and other communities. And uh, those organizations together decided to form IMHC in 1994 so that we would have a collective statewide voice to address policymakers, state government, the private sector, and others around the notion that if we really want to see health disparities eliminated, if we really want to achieve health equity in this society, if we really want for minority populations to live as long as our white counterparts experience disease, uh, the same as our white counterparts, in other words, if we really want to achieve health parity, which is the promise of this nation, then we need everybody to help us do that. So the IMHC motto has always been minority health is everybody's business. And so we have the unique capacity of being a statewide organization that's rooted in communities, but also is a focal point at the state level to try to, 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 try to devise strategies, to drive policy, and to drive investments, frankly, uh, to reduce the disparities that exist. We spend a lot of time around areas of obvious disparity. So, for example, in this state and nation, a black baby has two and a half times the chance of a white baby of dying before their first birthday. That's called infant mortality. And black mortality is improving, but there's still a significant gap between black babies that died before the first birthday and white babies. And so we're working through doula programs and others to try to address that disparity. We also know that, that uh, uh, minority populations suffer from preventable diseases or from chronic conditions uh, to, to a much greater degree than their white counterparts. So whether it's heart disease, cancer, diabetes, you know, you can pick the condition uh, we fare less well than white populations. And so we spend a great deal of time at the individual level trying to help people understand what they can do to deal with their preventive chronic conditions. But we also spend a lot of time uh, with the system, particularly the health systems, around what can be better done to, to make sure that our population are diagnosed earlier, have access to health care, and have, frankly, a better chance of living a longer life with uh, 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 high quality in that longer life. Now, we've been challenged uh, in the society by COVID-19. COVID-19 is a killer that has been devastating to communities of color. Uh, blacks have disproportionately had more, uh, uh, we've had more instances of disease. We've also had more hospitalizations, more deaths than, than other populations, and our Latino brothers are not far behind us. Uh, and, and so uh, COVID-19 has really demonstrated the cruelty of the inequities in our society, where, you know, if, if, if we even had COVID at the same rate as whites, imagine how many more productive lives would be there to help make this nation be stronger and greater. And so, so in the end, uh, health disparities are always about the nation not achieving the full promise of its people because they don't diet or suffer disease at the same rate. Now, now COVID-19, again, has been especially harsh on communities of color. And so we've devoted a great deal of time and attention to be one, a town crier, you know, to make sure that we articulate to our state health department, which has done a fine job, local health departments, and frankly, anybody else in, in this uh, work, 
that minority populations do need inordinate attention. You know, we need inordinate effort uh, to try to assure that we don't continue to die more than we should. It, it, it should be shocking to everyone that life expectancy, when you compare black to white people, is actually worsened as a result of COVID-19. I mean, it, it, historically, there has been, for example, among black men, almost a five-year difference in life expectancy uh, for, for when you compare black men to white men. Well, w- with COVID, we now know that the life expectancy when you compare blacks and whites is actually widened, not reduced. And so uh, we have a, a significant amount of work uh, to not only address this disparity, but also to then address those other chronic conditions, preventable ones, that we can uh, perhaps have better health outcomes if we have more equal access to, uh, well, if you will, insurance, uh, to healthcare activities, to preventive health, to all the things that, that, that exist from a technology standpoint and a human standpoint that can help us achieve better outcomes. Uh, but, but I don't want to miss the moment to really talk about what we've done on the COVID side. Uh, so our uh, local networks have formed the IMHC Vaccine Network, COVID-19 Vaccine Network. And we specifically have been working with the Indiana State Department of Health uh, by meeting with them every Monday morning from 10 to 11 uh, for ever since uh, November, early November. And, and, and what we've done in those meetings is to help articulate to the state um, um, elements of their vaccine plan, which needed some refinement to make sure their plan could better respond to populations of color. Uh, and so in these Monday morning meetings, we've worked with the state's Office, Office of Minority Health, its Office of Communications, and its contractor that put together our Shot Indiana campaign, Hirons. We've worked with them to provide input as to uh, communication platforms, particularly social media ones that would get to populations of color. We spent a great deal of time around messaging to try to make sure the messaging would be appropriate to address vaccine resistance and other reluctance in communities of color. And frankly, we've also worked with them to try to make sure that the state, when it put out this public awareness campaign, did it for all subgroups. So we now have uh, information on the state's website that's in um, English, Spanish, Burmese, and various other languages. I don't know that that would have been there as early as it was if we had not been at a table saying it loud, saying it proud. you got to make sure you serve everybody. That's what advocates do, and that's what we do on a full-time basis. Now, we've also spent a great deal of time around who would be the appropriate parties to deliver the messages. And, 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 and in order to get at that, we early on did a, a vaccine survey where we asked race ethnic groups, uh, who would you trust to give you a vaccine? What information do you need to trust this vaccine? What concerns you about the vaccine? And we shared that information with the Indiana State Department of Health, and so it became a factor in helping to shape the uh, Our Shot campaign, uh, which continues to unfold. Uh, and then beyond that, uh, we've also continued to work with parents uh, and others to make sure that the, the vaccine messaging gets to uh, all of the uh, proper platforms that can reach populations of color. Now, despite all of that, the reality is that African Americans still have uh, maybe 4% of, well, African Americans have not achieved shots in relation to uh, their share of the population. The shot level is somewhere around 4%, populations roughly almost 10%. So there's this gap that exists in Indiana and frankly exists in most of the United States. And so 
uh, we've been spending time, not only at those meetings, but through our network, we're spending time to help identify sites for pop-ups for vaccine shots. We've identified individuals who are homebound who need a shot. We've done everything we can to try to help find people who are willing to get the shot, but who have excess problems, who have difficulty getting in line. Because in Indiana, the decision was made that we would go by age, and it's also first come, first serve. Now, if you happen to be a black senior, let's say, who's not computer savvy or you don't have someone who can help you register, or if you happen to be somebody who doesn't speak English and all the information that comes out is initially in Spanish, uh, we need to be there at the community level to try to, uh, to provide the assistance that's needed to get folks in line. Uh, our fear, or frankly, our work will probably begin in the next few months, say in summer, when there would theoretically be enough vaccine supply. And so at that time, the challenge would be, can we get that supply into arms of more uh, population of color who really need the shots? And they may require us to go door to door to do some extensive outreach that's non-traditional, because frankly, it comes down to, this is a matter of life and death. And so from our standpoint, whatever, whatever we have to do, whatever's necessary to give communities of color the same chance as whites to, to, to not be victimized by this scourge, we will absolutely do that. And that's, in essence, is what IMHC is here for. We're here to be a voice for those who are disadvantaged. We're here to be a voice of equity. But above all, we're here to challenge our state and nation to do better, to do better, to achieve health equity, which in which fundamentally is what we promise as a society, but yet, but, but so far we failed to do.